Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. All right, Nick, uh, final question. Let's go. Final question from Ranger Teach. The most realistic outcome for the offensive line is what? Uh, Okay, so I'm just going to be very honest. I'm going to be honest. This is like a, you know, podcast of honesty. Of the things yep. from minicamp, I think I might have told you this, Greg, that I have the most uncertainty about the offensive line is heading that list. And it's not Sam Howell, which is, I think, a lot of people are going to surprise a lot of people. It's the offensive line. I don't know. I feel like the offensive line was pretty far up there for most people. But, but what, what I'm saying, but I think but, like it's yeah. like, I think there's there hasn't been a lot done in minicamp and OTAs that allows you to kind of answer questions. They've been passing a lot, which I think is good. You know, it, it eliminates like the, um, you know, the fine system, the heavy contacts, all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. And the 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 offensive line involvement in team periods has been way down compared to traditional stuff. So mm-hmm. how does Sam Cosby fit at guard? He looks good. He moves good. He's That's who he was coming out. But how does he handle playing guard? It's different. The timing's different. The sets are different. How does that look? Gates has been great. He's been super consistent, but he's learning a new offense, you know, and, and that is challenging. And I think there are times where you see a little bit of, oh, who's this, who's that? That's fine because that happens this year. Sadiq, Chris Paul, left guard is another one that's a huge question for me. And then Wiley, I, I like Wiley, but I'm also, I have my reservations about him as a long-term answer there, right? Um, and again, we there was nothing done during OTAs or minicamp that says, oh, you know, like, great like look how good all these guys look and i think that's something that um you know again it's just tough and so in terms of ceiling i think it's important to understand that i think eric b is going to elevate this group tremendously so like even though the sum of the parts on paper um might not look super high ceiling i guess i think they're going to be playing better than that and i think they're going to abide by kind of this statistical approach that's saying on, on the offensive line you don't need a five winners you just need the aggregate of the of the group to be average, right? You need a top 15 offensive line to run a successful offense, which is not what we had here last year. So can they get there? I think with play calling, I think with that kind of that a sprinkle of that magic sauce, they get there. But I, I still have some reservations about the group just because we haven't seen anything. So in terms of saying what are they going to be definitively, I don't have a clear answer because we don't have a lot of information at the moment. And it's something that I am a little a little nervous about. Um, but hopefully those questions get answered as we get into training camp. Yeah, I'm whatever is notch bo- above a little nervous is about it. Um, 
not like I'm not panicked. Um, no, and yeah. that's that's the enemy adjacent. Like I trust him to put them in good situations. My question is when the game requires more of them, can they step up? And sure. I would say the answer is no. So this is an offensive line. That's going to need to help again? itself. Again, you said like when the game, when the game requires more, right. Yeah. When it's fourth quarter, you're down 10 points and you need to drop back more than you'd like. And this is also a question of how this is a question. I mean, yeah. no offense is like sweet. Yes. <laughs> we are in a suboptimal exactly situation. <laughs> Holmes might get excited about it. Like, ah, I get to run around and make stuff happen. Cool. But like, this is an offensive line. That's going to have to help itself. They're going to have to be really solid in the run game and keep games close and, you know, be able to kind of be in their game plan. Um, you know, we talked with like Warren Sharp about this before the season last year, right? He does all of his projections, all of his work in the first half on first and second down. Why? Because that tells you what the game plan is. By the time you get into third downs, you're playing the sticks. By the time you get into the second half, you're playing the score, right? You're playing time and score. So it, it, it doesn't really tell him about who a team is when he's talking about making projections moving forward for the next year, or for the next week or whatever. So in those situations, like it's basically like how long can you, can you stay in that safety zone? How long can you stay in what you want to be in? And that's going to be in part on the offensive line to execute in the first place and, you know, be able to move the chains on the ground, be able to execute the screen game, not give up sacks, not take penalties that put you behind uh, the chain. So it it's about doing the basics. Again, they don't have to be dominant. They don't have to move the line of scrimmage sure. like crazy. You don't have to, you know, make crazy blocks in space. Like, just don't put yourself behind the eight ball or in a more literal sense behind the chains and they can be all right. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where that's the case. And then it's, you know, comes down to the end. Do they win or lose? Do they make the plays? Uh, can how make the throws can, you know, whoever make the catches that's the NFL. Um, and there's realistically going to be some other weeks where it's not as good and, and they do that stuff and they're going to lose games. So I think that's probably the most likely, you know, that's the question, right? Most realistic outcome for the offensive line is that 10 to 11 weeks on the season, they play pretty well, six or seven weeks, they play kind of poorly. Um, and that's how they're going to win somewhere between nine and 11 games sure. in my you know, prognostication. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I also say, like, you know, as much as we want to be – I'm a little uncertain. Like, it, it, it's very tightly correlated to, A, the play caller, which I think we're both very confident in, and then, B, yes. the guy throwing the football. And when you look at the best offensive lines, it's not a coincidence that, you know, Peyton Manning has the best pass-rated – or pass-protection-rated offensive line over the course of his career, or Tom Brady, right? Those guys understand protection. They understand that the, the strain on that group. And you got a young guy in there who has got to grow up in that area. So does that put a little more pressure on them? Or can Sam, with that quick release, kind of get the ball out? Those are questions that I think, again, could make that group look definitively better. You know, like, yeah. look exceptional in some cases. And because, um, like, as much as people want to say, like, running the ball, like, running the ball is is more complex for the offensive line. But it actually is like a – it's easier in a way. You know, like, it's less stressful. 
because like you're not if the scheme is good if your run scheme is good and the play caller understands how to elevate run game um through play, play calling it's you can create good movement off of kind of misdirection and, and do a whole bunch of different stuff you don't have to leverage those guys as much in that situation same thing with the pass game so i do think the eb thing is going to be big um and it's just like, can they pass protect, you know, when they got to have it? Yeah. And there are a lot of well, groups in the league that can't do that anyway. So it's not like they would be, <laughs> you know, in a, in a, in a an especially yeah. like unique position there. But like those are, those are the reservations I have. Can they be an average group? Can they be average? And I think that's what we're both saying. And, um, and as much as like, I like the pieces they've assembled. I like Wiley. I like Cosme. I like Gates. You know, I like Sadiq. I like Chris Paul. I like Leno. They got to come together and in this offense be get up, get a bunch of C's basically is what we're asking. And I think that yeah. that'll win you a bunch of games, which is, which is maybe counterintuitive, but average O line play is what your is the standard, you know, and exceptional offensive line play, you know, like the Phillies, um, Kansas city last year. I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but when you look at San Francisco, for example, that group's not great across the board. Obviously they have Trent Williams, but, Two guards are okay. The center's okay. McGlinchey was okay last year, but they're elevated by play calling. They're elevated by the quarterback getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And all of a sudden, that group looks like a top five group in the NFL. So, you know, like, I think we have the play caller in place. It's just about what does Sam do? And then does the group gel in a way that lets them be better than the sum of their parts? Yeah, specifically for this offense, too, because we anticipated being so RPO heavy. Yeah. Um, that's what EB likes. That's what Sam likes. Um, it's what Sam ran in college. The RPO isn't that effective when the actual, like the run option, no one believes it. Like, cool, you you faked a handoff. Um, that looked like an RPO style look. You're down 14 and there's five minutes left. You're not running it. Yeah. So, like, that time and score piece is also so essential because it keeps their entire playbook open. And especially this year when they're going to be very RPO and play action based. Um, that believability that they could run the ball uh, at any time is is critically important. And also, um, all right, the, the, yeah, the other ahead. thing, like just because, like you know, and when you watch Kansas City, and I'm not saying this offense is going to be Kansas City's offense, but the use of the screens and the quick game, the RPO, those quick throws, again, alleviate a ton of pressure off the O line and make it really challenging yeah. for the rushers. So they're they're even if they're not running like the Kyle Shanahan, like you know, under center hard run action everybody's stepping up to it even if they're not running that there are other ways that eb can can manage it so i do think that um and again when you watch kansas city film like he does a good job there's chip help all the time there's there's motion reverse jet sweep action that holds rushers a little bit so there's a ton of stuff that he's familiar with which which judge again gives me confidence that it's going to be better but in terms of what we've seen from the ota minicamp period just hasn't been a lot that's not anybody's fault that's just how they structured the the period so Right. Um, we did, by the way, get a question from Neil. What's going on with Stromberg and Daniels? Lots of Quan and Forms Intel, but radio silence on the other two. And it goes to that, um, what we just said, like, we just don't have a lot of data, yeah. data on the offensive line at this point. So um, we will hopefully have a little bit more by the end of the week. We'll see what they do on Tuesday. Um, with specific to those guys too, right? Because yeah. I think some of the younger guys are going to get some more snaps in the practice on Tuesday. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the week. Uh, we'll kind of do some stock up, stock down, uh, take stock, if you will, after the spring. And uh, that's that's the plan for later in the week. Uh, Nick, thank you so much, sir, for your, your service, sure, your Nick. work. 
uh, your your excellent uh, contributions to this here podcast. Uh, Logan, I'll, we'll talk later in the week. Yes. And uh, until then, wherever you are watching or listening right now, please subscribe. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like this so that other people know that they should also watch it. That's how that works. It's a whole algorithm thing. Uh, and uh, I'll see you on the radio in, 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 in a couple hours. Ha, ha, ha.